Thanks, Eva. Over to you. Thank you so much. Yeah, if you want to put it on, that would be great. So I came with my crutches, my telephones. How bad is that? But I, I've just come back from overseas. I didn't have much time, and I thought I'd be respectfully within time. So while this is being set up, I'd like to actually say thank you, Ian. Thank you, Anne. And uh, I just learned a new word from Anne. And I'm not going to try to pronounce it. But Anne, would you be so kind and tell us about the one with me? Yeah, just before, for those that weren't in the audience before, Bugaragara is a word in our language. And Bugaragara is not the dream time because that's fantasy. Bugaragara is the past, the present, and the future fused into this moment in time in which we must act. So it brings all of those spaces. And that we don't see time in a lineal way, we see it in a circular storytelling movement. Beautiful. Thank you so much because it's a perfect, absolutely perfect. So let me tell you about One Earth Institute. I might just click it because there are lots of clicks. Um, is it on the slide, show? I think it is on the space bar. Cool. All right. So this is who we are. We are a global indigenous Western partnership and we have two offices, one in the US and one in uh, in Australia. And I think the best is just to quickly look at the website because it will show you who we are and what we do because we haven't got that much time. So how do I scroll, scroll down? Yep. Ah, okay. Thank you. Just go top. So you will, will find that <laughs> technology. You will find that uh, my co-directors are 50-50 um, indigenous peoples, elders, and Western people. Our honorary directors both are indigenous and Western. And our advisory council the same. So this is actually one of our directors, if you can go back up. Um, okay, this has moved, it doesn't matter. Um, one of my directors is Amamo from Colombia. You may be familiar with the Kogi Mamos. And uh, yeah, there is. Yeah. Um, and what we do is merging indigenous knowledge with sustainability innovation to integrate the solutions. Fundamentally, one of the things that we say very, very clearly is indigenous knowledge is equal to Western knowledge. And I remember an elder saying to me, that already is healing. It needs to be said. And we say it very clearly. Could we go back to the just click on that. Cool. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> you say you can, but you could. <laughs> All right. So. Um, we might just need to click the mouse once. Okay. So really, we have had a tremendous day yesterday, and we know that each one of us is part of the puzzle of this so-called new economy. We all agree that it's not the right, the right word. It is actually, as Sue said, it is the old economy. It is really, we need to find a new word for that. But nonetheless, what part of the puzzle do we bring in? So this is my terrible diagram. But when we listened yesterday to um, Michelle, she brought up the three C's that we need to do in order to bring in a new one. The first one is to challenge the status quo, correct? It means that we create the solutions, as Buckminster Fuller said, 
the solutions are there, we have created the alternative, when everything crumbles, we're ready, right? And of course, the most important thing, we collaborate. But, uh, we believe it hangs on one thing, one thing, <clears throat> like a hanger, that indigenous peoples have always understood, and that is original thinking. Original thinking. So what is that? It's a radical revisioning, really, of how we see in the Western world where we belong. It is restoring to thinking, to its origins. And we don't own, but we actually owe the survival to our earth. We belong. And this realization really needs to inform all of our actions. It isn't just a nice word to say. It is something that we know, not just understand. And remembering that the pulse of the human heart is one with the heart of nature and all of nature. And we are kin. You're kin with the tree out there, you're kin with the animals, you're kin with anything that is alive, and inclusive the rock, inclusive the land. And really what we want to do is, through One Earth Institute and all of you, is create a more whole and just world for all our relations and for the next seven generations. So why has humanity failed in this transition? We all know this. this is just quickly to say, it is a belief that we're the top species on Earth. And this goes back to Genesis. This, for many of us, is coming to what I call our pumpkin soup. Go forth, multiply, dominate, break the village. Right? And another belief, which is all pervasive, that one of unlimited growth. These are beliefs, they're not facts. And so we ultimately need to address the root of our thinking, of our all these problems, which is our thinking. As Einstein said, we can't solve the problems in the same frame of mind in which we've created. So how are we doing this? This is just one of the pieces that we do. But we thought we'll tackle that. And how do we do this? And this is really that after 30 years of working in sustainability in whatever way, in investment, in business, in science, I just really came to a point where I didn't know anyone what to do. And I was told to work with indigenous peoples because, as the Kogi said, the language of the earth is the language of the heart. How do you translate the language of the heart into business, into investment industry, into the economy, into our policies? How do you do that? And I didn't know until I went on this journey. And this is why we created One Earth Institute. And so what we want to do with this is one of our projects is to start dialogue circles. You said everything is circular. Dialogue circles in which we talk. It is storytelling. It is all inclusive. And it will open cross-cultural dialogue through we form the building blocks for a common language that bridges cultural barriers and decolonizes our thinking. That is what we want to achieve. 
So what are dialogue circles? Of course, we all know their traditional model of inclusiveness, and we have just spoken about that. This is where decisions were made, and they were made as a group. We will have two co-leaders. Our first dialogue circle, because we are only hatchlings, we are only a year old, not even a year old. So our first dialogue circle will be in Santa Fe, in New Mexico. And it will be led by our Mamo and Glenn Aparicio Perry, who has led dialogue circles with uh, Little Bear Leroy, Leroy Little Bear, I beg your pardon, uh, for the past 10 years. And he has written a book called Original Thinking, in fact. So these two people are going to run this circle of about 50 people at the Museum of Indian Art and Culture, looked after by the indigenous directors and the indigenous council of that establishment. It is the most extraordinary place. When you come in, there is a spirit dancer who is about 10 feet high. Amazing stuff. It is so beautiful. And in this, in this circle, we actually have two circles. So the inner circle and the outer circle. And the inner circle will get the talking sticks. They will actually be able to speak in the first dialogue circle. But the second one, no. Because so often we don't listen. I think there is an original word which called dadiri, deep listening. Yes, we don't listen. We, want to, we think how we're going to respond. And this is what we also need to isn't it? So when you listen to nature, who was it who said it? You have to be silent. You need to listen. You need to be quiet. So they're not allowed to speak at all. In the second circle, which is on that same day, the roads are reversed. So they're talking, the other ones are not. And on the third day, both of them can speak. And the circles are open to the east. This is a traditional thing with American Indian circles. And why do you think they are open? Interesting. Yes, yes. It's for spirit to enter. For spirit to enter. So, ah. We call it vote, literally voting with your feet because it stands for voice of the earth. <laughs> voice of the earth. And it was our mama who said so. It needs to be called the voice of the earth. And we're from here, uh, we will be focusing on top-down approach because we will also need to speak to our CEOs and to our policy makers to the people who make the decisions and so their decisions come from a different point of view. They're informed and imbued by original thinking and a deep understanding that we're part of the living world and not its conquerors. So that is our specific work which we will continue in 2018 in different indigenous environment uh, in crowd collaboration, entirely partnership. And so, what is our aim? So to collect it, with this particular work, we want to collectively reframe thriving skills of a wider and wider consciousness that is increasingly whole.
and of course interconnected. And you know what? I think many of us know that only then we can navigate what we have created through our pursuit of power and possession. Through the shared links of our connection with all of life. Thank you. Thanks for this. Absolutely wonderful. Um, I've just got one question for you. Yeah, so is the premise that, because um, you're saying you're doing a top, a bottom, top down approach, that you're targeting people who are already in positions of power in our existing political structures and trying to get them to agree to sit silently and listen to a, a group of elders, you know, talk? Is that is that the approach? Because I was kind of a bit baffled by this top-down approach. So yes, it yeah. was a little bit fast because of time. Yeah. Uh, so the dialogue circles are different. They're two days. What we're targeting like leaders in power, the like people who are. No, no, no. Those, those, these are circles that we can take really anywhere into any situation, if yeah. you like. However, we will start work with decision makers because I believe that the sustainability of revolution at grassroots level is definitely life, it is happening. But very little is happening from top down with decision makers and we have very little time. I really felt that when we discussed it, we ought to now work with CEOs for five days in immersion workshops because it isn't something that you can learn and understand through your head. You need to experience it and so therefore uh, that is why we're doing it in this kind of fashion. And you're finding that these CEOs are open to saying, yes, we'll come and sit with you for five days. You know, that that's the first big step, you know, is yes. saying, yes, we'll come and listen. But yes, people are. are open to it. Yes, they are. Yeah, there's that social and corporate responsibility that st CEOs of large companies are starting to buy into. They're yeah. not quite sure what it means yet, but they are buying into it. <laughs> yeah. That means capital to start with, and that's what they're doing. They're sort of injecting capital, but they're not quite sure what for. But they do know that they get a taxable income, you know, a tax benefit at the end of it sort of type stuff as well. So there's this uh, stuff going on. But I think in reality, it's it, we've got to start somewhere. And once they get buy-in, and CEOs and, and large companies start to get the buy-in, and they actually understand what they're doing and what the result, net result of what they're doing is in a positive context, then they'll start to think, oh, yes, there's all that pictures on that's what I got from uh, what you're so right. Yeah, you're so right, Ross. And also, may I just add, this is a teachable moment. We all know things are happening. We need to move. And yep. that's basically where, in this case, we, we, we work. But we also work in other areas, in many other areas. But anyway. Thanks, Kia. Wonderful. And one of the other things uh, they talked about yesterday was uh, the tipping point in terms of the planet. We've already started tipping. We've tipped on birds, we've tipped on rivers, we've tipped on glaciers, we've tipped on so many things in this whole planet. You know, there's these millions of things that we've tipped on. We're too worried about, oh, what is the actual impact of the tipping? The tipping, when it affects us, that's the problem we have as a society. It, when it impacts on us, so if all of a sudden our house is under underwater, oh crap, we've got to do something about global warming or all of a sudden they're discussing all these major impacts from an environmental point of view in America. Why are these storms getting bigger? Why is um, places in India and the subcontinent getting huge floods um, never seen before? It's got to tell you something. 
So well, it's the Torres Strait well. sinking. Torres Strait sinking. Mm -hmm. the, the Pacific Islands, they're all starting to go under. Mm -hmm. Unless it affects you, people don't see it. And while you're on Capitol Hill or, you know, you've got a big mansion sitting on a big mountain somewhere, uh, you're not concerned. It doesn't affect you.